Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Conte prefers to join Spurs and Wolves are living at large. It's Tuesday, 2nd of November. Welcome to the Football Ramble. I'm Kate Mason. I'm Jim Campbell. And I'm the Raja. Morning, Petition. Morning, mate. Good to see you. Good to be in a room with you, Jim Campbell. I thought I wasn't going to have the pleasure of eviscerating you personally (laughs) after yesterday. It's a lovely welcome, isn't it? (laughs) it? But thank God you're here. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's chilling. You had such a lovely show yesterday. I I did, yeah. I just feel like we should Well, I knew this was going to happen. I was trying to enjoy it while I could. Yeah, okay. To be honest, that was like an afternoon. Yeah, that's true. Have you ever... Give me that. (laughs) Do you have many other things in your life that have lasted such brief moments of sunshine? Um, I don't want to go into that on this podcast. All <laughs> <laughs> oh, right then. It's one for the doctor, really. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Good. You're uh, in a mood today, aren't you? Do you think yeah. so? Yeah. I, I'm ready. I'm ready for the second half. I, um, which yeah. is when we'll be discussing Tottenham. I fell down a, a mountain and gashed open my knee, and it's been maybe 30 years since that wound is open. But I can open a few now. If that's what. You're... <laughs> That's what you're asking of us. <laughs> Jeez. Straight into to, gym. I was about to be seriously sympathetic. And yeah. you just you just mocked me. No, just because this I'm I'm annoyed that mm-hmm. my club has inadvertently done to your club what should have happened to my club. Yes. So yeah, we'll, so I think we'll talk about that later. Yeah, the vortex, we? isn't it? Yeah. It, is, it is. We are into Vortex. Uh, but we're going to start with Wolves-Everton because that was the game last night. 2-1 the final score in that one. Kilman and Jimenez 
the two uh, Wolves players on the score sheet and then there was a consolation for Alex Iwobi. I liked the little Jimenez chip over, although Ben Godfrey, mm. bloody hell. That was... It is sorry. Is it all right to just be like that's cringe? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you'd be in, you you would cringe if you'd just done that, wouldn't you? Just like, yeah. Oh no! It's just the back pass, and then Jimenez ran yeah. ran onto it. It's or, like an incisive for the second ball, goal. This essentially. is yeah, it's it was so lovely. bad for your team. It's brilliant for the other team. Yeah, that's, yeah, that, yeah. That's not ideal, is it? Um, just nice to see how sharp Jimenez is, though, isn't it? Like. Huang and Jimenez, it's just just pleasing. Trips so everything one. about that is as a partnership is really, really appealing. I love it. Yeah, I was I was gonna say that um I think because he was injured for so long and because of his stature, when he comes back, you assume he plays, you know, a certain way. And then you see him run with the ball as he does, and you're like, Oh yeah, I, f- I totally forgot you're this you know, such a well rounded forward. Yeah. yeah. I remember I saw him do you remember when, um, I'm, I don't mean to do this because you're here, but it's just, it, it was a game that really stuck in my mind because I was there and covering it. But the 3-2 that Wolves had over Spurs where, you know, Spurs took the lead and they came back and he scores the third goal by putting Tanganga on his arse. Yeah. Yes. Just really nimble footwork for someone who you think actually the threat comes from his shoulders and, you know, making himself busy and annoying defenders, but he does so much. And him and Juan running together. Yeah. It's such a, it seems to be, Two powerhouses. Yeah, it seems to unlock something in Jimenez that he he's able to go wide and Juan's able to go wide and knowing that one of those two are in the middle. Yeah, Wang Yitang ran on the way he ran onto that ball that was for the the are you allowed to call it a goal? The goal that was ruled out for offside for the first one. That yeah, was, that was lovely as well, and I, mm. I exactly agree with what you mean. Also, good to see Max Kilman getting his first first for Wolves. Um, 24 years old apparently he was playing futsal just five years ago and then yeah. joined non-league Maidenhead in 2018 yeah he's had quite a strange career trajectory and he's been in and out, in and out of the team but um, it, it seems like they've got a real gem there mm. um, and he's a, he's a unit as well yeah and well, it's quite funny that he played. He started in futsal and scored a header, <laughs> and that hasn't scored. Yeah. Hasn't scored before. Yeah, that's the maybe he wasn't any good. Yeah, we, yeah, we don't know how good he was. Go and join Maidenhead. Yeah, this is get out. Yeah, that's got head in it. Just stop using it. Also thought Trangal was good. Yeah, I, I, it was a lovely performance from Wolves. Since the start of September, Wolves have picked up 16 out of a possible 21 points in the Premier League. So that's five wins, a draw, and a loss. Only Chelsea and Arsenal. Woo! Jim, um, <laughs> have, you, managed more, <laughs> have managed more in that time. They have had 18 and 17, respectively. Uh, Bruno Lodge speaking afterwards says, the winter will be hard for us. We have a small squad, Fish. Yeah. What do we think? Is he getting his excuses in first or is he just being honest? No, I mean, do Wolves hibernate? They probably do, don't they? I don't know. I no, don't they think don't so. hibernate. Do they not? No, I don't think they do. Right. Oh, yeah. Because they're like oh, they didn't last hunters. season. No, they, right. Okay. <laughs> you haven't fulfilled your fixtures. What are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? What are you playing at? Christmas is the busiest period for us. Their um, their form has been quite interesting because you know when they lost those first three league games, to watch them you would see something there. It, it wasn't just the case of you know failing to come back after Nuno. They were playing better football. You just, you know, they didn't have the tangible results. And then this run of form has coincided with them basically beating teams around them, which has therefore helped them like take a step up in the table. It's almost like they've stepped on the shoulders of the people they've beaten, you know, most recently being Everton. But they had, 
you know, they beat Southampton who were around them. Then they beat Newcastle who were struggling. They beat Villa who were kind of passing them on the way down. And then obviously this Everton game. And I suppose like with only 10 games gone, it's quite natural that that would happen. There is going to be a bit more flux in positions when three points are, are taken or, or, you know, no points are taken. So, yeah, it, but it does seem really promising. Even the atmosphere at Molyneux yesterday seemed pretty good for what it was. So, um, yeah, it does seem like there's, there's a lot there, really. I was quite surprised. And they seem to have taken to Bruno Large pretty quickly as well, um, which after, you know, the, if you look at where they were when Nuno Espirito Santo took, took them over to where they are now, it's such a, such a different environment at the yeah. club. So to have that consistency of of the fans feeling involved and feeling like there's momentum and, and getting that back so quickly is, is really hugely important. And actually, annoyingly, the opposite is true for Everton, isn't it? I think it, yeah. it wasn't that long ago we were praising that, you know, the work they were doing and, and, you know, just being a bit more efficient. And now it seems to have fallen away again. And I know, I mean, they were without Calvert-Lewin, Decore, Yeri Mina and, and Andre Gomez yesterday. Yeah. Any, anyone yeah. misses that, you know, that, that spine. But yeah. it's, it's, it's got to be a frustrating time. Putting the shift in on Monday night football. That's quite I think that's quite impressive from Calvert Lewin, to be honest. Speaking in that way, just generally as a current player. Um, can I just clarify what you meant about uh Wolves when you were saying because I felt like with Nuno, yes, although they the performance dropped off, I felt like at Molyneux the it was always they were still backing. Like that was the thing that he very much lacked yeah. at Tottenham was he had that the kind of backing of the board and the achievements that he'd made and bringing them up and all this stuff. He had credit in the bank. Yeah. He had credit I, I don't in the feel bank. like the fans turned on him. Right. But okay. I feel there was perhaps a little bit of inertia in in the sense of where it felt like the team was going. I don't think they sure. felt like, oh, we're going to push on and finish higher than we did last season. That would that had just started to sort of plateau. Yeah. So actually, I mean, even if they fall slightly short of that this season, it will feel it will feel like forward momentum. It's a funny thing, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Especially so, trying to crack into the essentially the top six, which is their long-term aim. Yeah, for sure. F- such a difficult mountain to climb, which I'm sure we'll come on to later as well. Wolves, yeah, and they have such, uh, you know, such a storied club, blah, blah, blah. They've, they've been at the very top of uh, the pyramid. So they're seventh in the table at the moment. We started to get on to Everton. Ah, for them, uh, they've had an absolutely diabolical uh, few games really in terms of those losses so clearly the one we're talking about to Wolves previously that one to Watford it's you know sometimes uh, images are so symptomatic of what has happened in a game and the kind of the hurts that have been inflicted on a side the idea of Josh King who played for them and didn't score in six months getting a hat trick as they just completely combusted at the end of that 5-2 defeat to Watford so that's a pretty clear-cut example. Hey, West Ham, you know, clearly a good side, particularly at the moment. Before that was Man United, the draw. You know, all right. Um, uh, Norwich, they they beat 2-0. And then before that, Villa, 3-0. Yeah. Uh, well, they uh, lost to Villa, didn't they? Yeah. Exactly, sorry. Yeah. So it's all, what I'm saying is that they've been losing left, right and centre. I'm not sure beating Norwich really gives no, you much credit. And if you look at their fixtures coming up, they've got Spurs, City, Brentford, Liverpool and Arsenal. And like, obviously they've got a target beating Brentford there. Like, but that, that is a run that just keeps getting harder. But this is the danger, isn't it? You can you can identify most teams and find a reason why it's not unreasonable to lose to them. You have to just put that behind you and just 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 dig out these wins. Um it's yeah. It's I'm I'm intrigued just to see how Benitez is going to turn this around because he's under a little bit of pressure early on, and obviously he, him being Everton at all brings a unique set of pressure that mm. is, yeah. is perhaps going to compound it. And it did seem like at the beginning he he overcame that to an extent, you know, because they were like 
they had a very, very good start, especially off the back of all the noise that was being made pre-season. But I, I got the indication yesterday when he did his little pre-match interview that he was he was getting quite frustrated. I think he's someone who always you can always read him pretty well in those um, I suppose in those moments when he's public facing. But uh, but I did find it quite interesting that he seems. Not, not, I mean, he's obviously nowhere near the end of his tether, but I think there is a frustration there because of, I suppose, that capitulation against Watford. And then also, I imagine he would have been incredibly frustrated with how bad they were in the first mm. half. Like Damari Gray, who had a decent start to this, you know, to this season, like his touch was, you know, I don't know where he left it, but they got a bit better in the second half. But even then, they <laughs> there was a bit more willingness, but they didn't really seem to have that quality. And I suppose you've you've outlined the players that they are missing who are going to add to that in a certain way but yeah they're just um, I, we did joke about them potentially fulfilling or filling the banter club void yeah I didn't realise Newcastle were going to stay in it as long as, as long they did we thought they were just going to immediately move out yeah. of it, but I mean Everton are making play for it they are making they are really stepping up aren't they it's uh, it's easy to forget what a banter club city used to be as well so this void is huge yeah yeah Yeah. very lonely everyone supported them then and now didn't they the city fans so they, they won't ever forget. Um, that loss leaves Everton uh, in 10th, but they're only four points off Leeds in 17th. Now, it's quite interesting, this bit of the table, because there's so few points in between. And I think, Vish, you started to make the point about, about how volatile the table still is with only 10 games of the season played. However, we are starting to see a number of patterns that presumably will, will stick out through the season. We didn't talk about the Leeds game on Monday, uh, but they got only their second win of the season. Uh, up it. I know I've just written off the concept of beating Norwich, but still, you have got to you, you, <laughs> you have, have to got do to do it. Um, Vish, where do you feel like Leeds are headed at this point? I think I suppose you know one of the one thing that they can take is despite all the all the injuries, they are they're relying a bit more on individual quality. And one of, when one of those players is Rafinha you know, there's a hell of a lot of quality to get you out of tricky yeah. situations as he did in the Norwich game. But the, um, yeah, I, I to be honest, I don't really know. I'm not really sure about the, um, you know, the expected time of returns for, for some of those players. But you'd imagine someone like Bamford coming back would be quite big for them because Rodrigo isn't quite the, you know, I suppose, defender occupying forward mm. as he is. He prefers to drop back a bit or maybe slink out wide you know Jack Harrison who I picked for first goal scorer is you know in a bit of a rut and yeah. that's kind of why I picked him because I thought right this is going to be it surely he'll get over it against Norwich you know but the um you know one of the things we talked about before on the show was I suppose Bielsa and how he might fare in this period of unrest certainly the trickiest time he's had as Leeds manager and it's one of the things I don't necessarily think he'll get to a position where he or he'll get into a to a point where his position is untenable. But I think, you know, as I said, he's he's probably going to factor, well, he's probably going to think maybe further down the line if this continued that he was a problem rather than have the, you know, bucket kicked from under him. <laughs> so, <laughs> so the, um, but like, yeah, I mean, that, like, that win is going to be helpful. Did you see his reaction at the end as well? So the final whistle blew and the camera focused on him Presumably to focus on the managers shaking hands, but starting with the winning manager, and he was just crouched down, like staring at the floor. Like huh. he's clearly going through the ringer right now. Yeah, um, and yeah, he just obviously really needed this. Wow! If you could only see inside, Beatles' mind. Yeah, I don't, think, I don't think I, I don't. 
He's like a Sherpa <laughs> into the mind of Bielsa. That'd be great. <laughs> like like one of the Hobbit boys, you know, when he carries the other one Hobbit, the boy. Hobbit yeah. boys. What's he called? Samwise. Is it what? Sam? Yeah, this is just his mate, isn't it? Yeah. It's the Hobbit boys. Yeah, it's like, you know, he's plus one up the <laughs> Mount Doom. Is it Mount? Yeah, Mount it probably Leeds. is, yeah. <laughs> What's interesting about this collection of teams is the fact that some of them are getting real plaudits still. And I think perhaps people have got a tiny bit of a hangover. Um, Brentford have been great, but they also have had that big loss to Burnley. Uh, but, but it's this sense that they could be... And Palace are on the rise as well. Palace and they're now massive... on 12 points each, Brentford and Palace. Yeah. Pal- Palace, I think of them as having been amazing this season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Well, I mean, they, they've played well, but now are getting the results. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's like a creditable draw means a lot more when you're at that end of the table, doesn't it? But it doesn't actually do much for you. Yeah, of course, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and when the whole table is like squished up together, maybe it will do stuff for you. It probably won't, Jim, do all that much for Norwich at this point. No, no, they're they're shit, aren't they? Don't. Uh, well, the, it's not they me are a doing little it, bit. it's them. I know, but it's not nice to be, to say, to, it's obvious that they're shit. It's not, I don't know, I think we should be a bit more like charitable. What, we should lie. No, we should I, lie about I, Norwich. I it's, not like, it's not like we're staring at their mould. Norfolk Pravda. <laughs> what? Yeah, it's not like we were staring at you know something that they like might have on their face that we're like, <laughs> look, don't mention it. Oh, do you know you've got a Josh Sargent up front? Yeah. <laughs> okay, but it's not useful. Called Norman. It's not useful. He's to Norwegian. Yes. Be like their shit. I, look, I know it isn't the most detailed analysis. Um, <laughs> I know that, but they they just look so astonishingly out of their depth they look worse than they did last time and you can see you I can see that. it in the stress in Farker's face it's like he looks like he's he doesn't know what to do and he doesn't know why this is happening that seems to be translating to the team it's it's so strange isn't it you look at the difference between them and Brentford um, obviously the, and, and essentially any team coming up in the playoff I mean it's not the most scientific way of looking at it I suppose but like you, you would always think they would be the ones that have really got more of a mountain to climb yeah. but Norwich seem like that team yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, to be fair, I think Jim saying they're shit is more constructive than people who say they are not even trying. Because they, you can, t- well, I suppose, you know, a couple of seasons ago, you could tell them they had a really good idea of how they wanted to play. Mm. And now they're doing that worse. I don't know what it is. It's, it's that little, you know, it's not as intense. It's not as refined, and you'd think, having had that experience, it would be. Um, I don't know. I don't, you know, we, we have just lost the manage, manager already in November, yeah. and it's the 2nd of November today. Mm. But uh, would it be the worst thing if he went, or are they uh, just going to buy yeah, their time? I mean, and, and, as and, Richard Jolly pointed out, uh, Nuno, the, the earliest manager to go who won Manager of the Month, month back right. in August. Richard Jolly, every, everyone's a banger, isn't it? Every, every tweet's an absolute banger. It is brilliant. And of course, Norwich won the championship with ninety-seven points, but have lost eight. Yeah, and exactly. And you don't you don't do that without you know being an intense side. But it's just weird that they come to the Premier League and yeah, are, are doing worse than they did before. He bought a house in the area, didn't he? Which is enjoyingly, sorry, enjoyably partridge. Yeah. Um, well, even even so, even during that season in the Premier League. Um, you know, when you're speaking to people around the club, they were like, oh no, he's, like, he's fine. He's bought a house. He's settled in the area. Yeah. He's not going anywhere. It's like, well, maybe he should. <laughs> maybe a bit of jeopardy. Yeah. All right. Getting on the old, let's kill off these managers. I don't think we should be going in on Farker, to be honest. He's I'm, not not going, I'm not going a, in on him. Certainly but... privileged managers at the, at the very top. But yeah, I, I, uh, I see what you mean. It seems like a change is probably 
required at Norwich in order to to get them out of this slump. Yeah, I mean, but are they even set up to get out of it if if they were to do that? Yeah, sure. Because sure. because I think we've done a whole chat on how admired their whole setup is and how they try not to overspend and all of this stuff. Yeah. Um, and and the fact that a lot of their fans seem to be happy to be a yo-yo. And they have to yo-yo to survive, which is yeah, interesting. yeah, yeah, exactly. Internal, and you get parachute payments, and there's like benefits and all this sort of stuff. Um, but equally, you don't want someone just stinking out the the Premier League when there could be another team that would do much much better. I don't know. Just play Billy Gilmore. Yeah, that's all you need to do. Play Billy Gilmore. All right. At least for our benefit. We'll send them a note. Uh, it's time to get to a break, guys, and catch our second breakfast. We'll be back after this. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi, I'm Danny Welbeck, and you're listening to the Football Ramble. Yes, you are, everybody. Welcome back to the Football Ramble. It's me, Jim, and Vish in your ears this morning or whenever. Uh, We've now got your emails. If you got a new nickname for Pete or you're a big fan of Vish, if you to swear at you or you think Jim's a dish If you like Kate's pop culture references or got a Sven story for Speller If you disagree with... I'm fading it out because it's quite it's long. long isn't it? But I've just, it's lovely, Toby Elliott, but I've realised that if you fade it out, it completely excuses the whole point of having an email jingle because it doesn't get to the bit where he says the, the shirtfootballramble.com. Ed Oldham's been in touch. <laughs> 
<laughs> he says, I thought you might be interested to hear about a landmark night for Manx football on Saturday. Just over 2,000 people, myself included, went to watch FC Isle of Man's first ever home game in the Northwest Counties Football League Division 1 South, the 10th tier of English football, mm. which took place at our national stadium, the Bowl. This is the club's first season competing in the English leagues, and because of COVID restrictions, they've had to wait this long to play at home after 14 consecutive away league matches. <laughs> Despite going a goal down after two minutes against Brockton, sounds like a made-up place, the Ravens roared back to secure a, the Ravens roar, a well-deserved 2-1 victory <laughs> <laughs> and sent the partisan crowd home happy. The players and staff have shown incredible commitment to the cause so far, taking time off work, training sessions, taking place at 6am during the week. Because the Isle of Man Football Association is affiliated with the English FA, we don't have a national team despite having a population which is larger than many of the minnows which are members of UEFA and FIFA. A de facto national team, Ellen Vannin, was set up and ran independently for a few years in the 2010s. It took part in a handful of con- conifer tournaments during that time but yeah. the project ultimately ran out of steam and was not backed by RFA because the team and the possibility of exploring the UEFA membership conflicted with its ambitions to retain the link with its English counterpart. So much information there about the Manx uh, football. So thanks Ed. That's very cool. Yeah. Just to Isn't be it? on the t- on a tier of English football and to be, you know, I suppose in a broader sense part of, you know, a little country or to represent your, your island. That's pretty yeah. cool. Never been to the island, man. Oh, I have. You have to say hello. We talked about this before. You have to say hello to the fairies when you go over the uh, bridges. Right. Oh, it's a really cool place. They've got like, um, is that, there's a lot of that, like you can buy eggs from the side of the road. Just leave your money in an honesty box and that wow. sort of thing. It's very friendly. Right. So it's, so it's right for a robbing. Yeah, we should go. Yeah. Nick some eggs. Get involved. Yeah. God, and eggs. What a great thing to steal because you can do, your, you know, Terrorise other people with that. Sorry yeah, about it's, this, both, it's both. It's both something. Two to, crimes for, something to for steal one. and something to inflict yeah. pain. You steal a weapon. Yeah, two oh. crimes for the price of none. Yeah. Essentially, <laughs> <laughs> we've really taken this on a dark turn, which I I didn't anticipate as we read through that lovely yeah. no, email I've ne- about. I've, I never m- egged anyone people. as a kid, and I regret it. Oh yeah. no! Oh no. yeah, we've talked about this before as well. Actually, I think you can. Okay, it's uh, Halloween. You've mixed, missed your chance. That's when yeah. egging is is rife. No one will expect it on bonfire night, though. That's great. Point. If you do it when the fireworks are on, it'd be really loud. Be like, yeah. What, what, what happened then? And go wild in Diwali as well. Sorry, go on. Again, the Football <laughs> Ramble does not endorse hooliganism of any kind. Show at footballramble.com or tweet us at footballramble. Right, the situation, friends, I think, although I haven't updated it on my little Twitter feed here, is that Antonio Conte is still set to take the reins at Tottenham Hotspur. Reports been saying all morning that it's a done deal 20 million con- pound contract through to June 2023 so the idea is that's an 18 month deal the curious situation about this of course is that he was approached in the summer when there was all this mad backwards and forwards and he he said he what was it he said he said we didn't have the f- setup to mean he could do a good job basically mm. i don't know specifically what has changed in the last 4 months jim perhaps well, you can enlighten me interestingly james Horncastle wrote a really sort of in-depth piece about this in The Athletic as, as they're prone to do this morning and um, he mentioned that obviously the uncertainty about Harry Kane in the summer would have been a huge thing for Conte particularly when he was going from Inter where there was a lot of uncertainty about Romelu Lukaku so for him to go from that situation back into that exact situation mm. probably wasn't that appealing things are obviously the situation with Kane is a, is a bit complicated at the moment we don't know where that's going to go maybe he will agitate for a move again but you would think a manager of the calibre of Conte coming in might make him think twice about that so I think 
you know, there there are a few fewer variables essentially from Conte's point of view at this point. I think they they look a better prospect now, despite you know the, the weird situation with Nuno than they did when they approached him at first. I mean, I, I think I don't know how you feel about it, Kate. Um, I feel like this has the potential to be what Mourinho was supposed to be. It must be really excited, right? Yeah, it's weird to think that people still believed Mourinho would be that. And I think mm. Luke talks about it a bit, or everyone talks about it quite a lot yesterday on the pod about this idea that Daniel Levy has just made a few quite unusual and not, I was going to say rash, but it's not exactly rash. It's almost like that was the deliberate plan. It's just not a good plan in terms of trying to get to a position where you could bring in Mourinho when I think pretty much everybody connected with the club would have said if you could back Pochettino, that would be their preference. Yeah. yeah. So it's a bit of a shame that we had to go through this kind of thought experiment made flesh. And I feel like the situation with Nuno, I, I feel, I think also Jules or someone said yesterday, like, yeah, you, you, this whole thing of him being a very decent guy and not being able to communicate that, being quite like a terse, you've seen him all over these press conferences. He won't say stuff. He's, he's very thoughtful. Like when I've heard him speak in more depth and those kind of sit downs, you know, I'm I'm pro Nuno in the sense that like I like what he's about. I like his idea of of creating a sense of team unity. And, and exactly, yeah, I know there's this idea of him playing this quite... Um, can compact dull football but he's not I, I wouldn't put him in the, in the same category as, as Jose Mourinho at all and I think I know I keep hawking on about it but that season when Wolves were great they were really exciting to watch and mm. it's not just because Adama mm. Traore is quick and has baby oil on his arms you know they, they were exciting that counter-attacking um, threat was just electric like you, you knew that they could strike you at any moment and so yeah I didn't frankly to, to go backwards before going forwards I didn't like what I saw at the stadium on Saturday uh, you know I've watched that game back in full not you know not with a pint like in the morning so I, I, I've watched it in detail I think that there was a level of harshness about certainly the first half that I, I don't actually think was merited I think people will be a tad conditioned by watching 30 minutes of build up on Sky that talks exclusively about Manchester United mm. um, in their, the way that they read what they then see I'm not criticising anybody for that particularly I just mean like that's just psychology you know research and psychology suggests that if you if you are influenced in that way then you're going to go down a certain route so all right all I'm going to say is I didn't like to see uh, the players booed off after that first half which we were only behind because of that incredible Cristiano Ronaldo goal and I also think that that no shots on target thing is a little bit of a red herring in the sense that there were chances, you know, Son could have scored. There were various other, but there were a few pot shots, but there was there was forward momentum. So, um, have I spoken too much? No, no, <laughs> no not at all. Yeah. I, I realised I was speaking a lot. Actually, trying to, I don't know, set set things right for for what happened at the end of that. Um, but Leave I've, Nuno alone. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, yeah, I didn't realise. I felt so actually until no, I started I'm, talking. I'm glad you've mentioned his earlier seasons at Wolves because I feel a little bit like it's, I remember it being fun. It was really boring. fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. It, Jota as well. There was there was there was a lot to enjoy from them. Moutinho and Neves, the first I, season in the Premier League. Mm. Yeah, and the game you mentioned earlier that even that this but the. Well, the Spurs win, it was not. The Wolves win, 3-2. Yeah, yeah. I was there, that's the Mason Derby. I was there with my mum, who supports Wolves. So yeah, we got we both got something. We both got <laughs> a pound of flesh, I guess. Um, so yes, I uh, just wanted to say that. But in terms of Antonio Conte, clearly that's a different thing that you're dealing with. He's mm. not Jose Mourinho. He's managed to, I think in the case of Inter, and, and this is maybe the connection to Jose, quite apart from all the other things, connections is that he is someone who does kind of push people to accept what he wants in quite an extreme way right yeah but also quite um 
I don't know. He, he's quite holistic in how he deals with the squad. Whereas mm. I think Mourinho is very much like, I trust you, I don't trust any of you. <laughs> Um, and Spurs have, have, in part because they've had Mourinho, but Spurs seems to go through these waves of having different people in the cold. Mm, so like right yeah. now it's Harry Winks and Deli Alley. Yeah, um, it was Lacelso for a little bit. It was in Dombele for you know for the start of his time at the at the club. It's a kind of weird space to be. Eric Dyer's you know sat in that space for a few years. But if you look at what Conte did at Chelsea, what he did at Inter, even what he did at Inter with the offcuts from other squads, mm. like Victor Moses and Ashley Young and yeah. Damian. Well, that's um, exactly what he's going to have to go Alexis and Alexis Sanchez, yeah, yeah. He's that, basically... Like Premier League tribute acts. Yeah. yeah, exactly, yeah. But, you know, that's basically the squad he has at Spurs. And, and also, you know, he's dealing with personalities at Spurs who've been burned in very different ways, starting with Harry Kane right down to Harry Winks in terms of what they wanted from the season, what, yeah. what, they, what they have with it now. I also think, and I, I absolutely agree with the people who talk about Daniel Levy. The, you know, Luke said it on the show yesterday. You know, he has to answer for these continual missteps that he's had. But I also think it's really interesting that if you look at the signing of Conte now and seeing where Spurs were at the height of Pochettino, so I'm not. I'm kind of not even really talking about that Champions League final. I'm talking about the season before that where they were pushing for the league title in the way that, you know, that year that Leicester won the Premier League, it was very much a sense that everyone's fallen away and Spurs were the last to fall away yeah. in that situation. Yeah. And a lot of the t- a lot of times, certainly in previous Premier League seasons, a team will come out from nowhere, have a period of sustained, you know, excellence, let's call it that, and not really have the knock-on effect of that. I think this is the knock-on effect of that, where you have Spurs in a bright, shiny new stadium who were seen as a club out of the Champions League rather than to getting to the Champions League. It's yeah. it's now mm. the conversation has turned to that's actually their place now. They they should be there rather than before, how do they break in? And now, you know, you, you're signing, because of that, you're signing one of the best managers in the world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that, he, I mean, he's going to improve the squad in terms of improving the players that he has available because yeah. there's so much more talent in there that's not been unlocked for a long time. Like, and Dombele being an obvious example of that. That's the player people always used to seem to talk about. But also this Conte's guy, Harry really Kane. That, isn't it? Yeah, that fella. He'll come good. Um, but he, he, was, he, used to, he was fucking poor. He used to come off the bench actually, in the Europa League. That, that guy, yeah? <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I think yeah. I remember him. Do you mean him. Europa yeah. Conference? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, he was like um, the old Dane Scarlet. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's it. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah... Um, and obviously he's going to he's going to make Spurs a really attractive destination because obviously yeah. with, with a stadium mm. and with some of those players in there already you, you, they are an attractive destination but Conte it, it just bumps them up a gear mm. so I mean the the challenge is is the Premier League isn't it is it essentially you've got City Liverpool and Chelsea that you're trying to sort of pull in if you bring Conte in it's because you're trying to win the league and if if Conte goes to a club it's because he feels he can win the league there so it's a really really exciting upgrade in Spurs' ambitions immediately. You look terrified, Kate. There's somewhere to fall from now, isn't it? I know what you. I, I would be exactly the same. I think. It's also um, so. I mean, I don't necessarily think this wholeheartedly because I'm not going to lie. You know, it does as a lot of people been mentioned of on, on Twitter yesterday. You know, Solskjaer beating Spurs, getting them to sack their manager and then take out his biggest threat to his job. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that was you know people saying that he's. So I was playing 4D chess. Um, you know, I'm less enamoured about that personally. <laughs> but what I would say is to have we all talk about the Premier League being a being a destination for the best players in the world. And certainly after 
the pandemic, the Premier League is definitely the league that has survived and is therefore going to thrive at the expense of you know the other major leagues. But we're in a situation now where in the Premier League we've got Pep, Pep Guardiola, Jurgen Klopp, Thomas Tuchel, yes, exactly. Antonio Conte. Previous time we've had that is in the 16-17 season where we had Conte, Ranieri, Mourinho and Wenger as well. So it's, yeah, it's pretty cool. And all, but I mean, the difference between this foursome is like they're all could easily finish one, two, three, four. Wow, yeah. Exciting! You've yeah. sold. You very much sold that to me. Um, no, so you didn't include your boy Solskjaer in that, in amongst that tactical melee. But fair enough. Uh, you will get. You will get to watch him uh, pull his punches tonight against Atalanta away, and then also in action Malmo and Chelsea. Uh, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer says he's been soaking up all the criticism. So, so that's good to see. He says, "I've always enjoyed criticism. Keep that coming, Vish." That's fine. Well, I suppose it's been, you know, we talk about Mourinho doing this whole us against them thing. The thing with yeah. Manchester United has been it's been them against Solskjaer. Yeah. You know, he, but, but, but like, you know, he has been the weakling and they've gone at him. So I can understand why it comes across as a bit more personal from his point of view. Yeah. Also in action, uh, Barcelona. Ronald Koeman reportedly turning down a seven to eight million euro offer from Barca for what they owe him after firing him. He apparently wants all the twelve million pounds he's owed. Get it, fucking get on it! Yeah, at first, I isn't it? It's I, like oh, I'm going to give it up because I love the club. It's like no, and no, good for you, Ronald. Yeah, good for you. Take yeah. It. They've got Dynamo Kiev tonight. Now, before we go, we have got a new show to tell you about. People later today, we'll see the release of Up Front. It is a brand new women's football show, and it's over on Football Ramble Presents going to be released every Tuesday and we're covering the biggest stories in the WSL and women's football around the world. Cannot wait to hear the first episode of this one. We have lined up some amazing hosts for the show. Every week you can join journalist and broadcaster Flo Lloyd-Hughes, Rachel O'Sullivan from the excellent Girls on the Ball and Crystal Palace goalkeeper Chloe Morgan. It is out later today. It's on Football Ramble Presents. If you haven't already subscribed, do it. Get yourselves over there to have a listen. Upfront is the name of the show can't wait family's getting bigger and better yeah, oh absolutely. yeah yeah <laughs> that's exactly it i'm so excited about this one it should be good guys that is it from us for today enjoy the football later tonight say goodbye jim bye say goodbye fish bye on tomorrow's show it's me annie and luke thanks for listening to today's football ramble part of the acast creator network Football Ramble is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. Abroad in Japan is the Stack podcast that brings you a taste of life in Japan. Recently, Chris Broad was joined by NHK contributor and legendary video game streamer Pete for a chat about his life as a TEFL teacher. I at one time taught a woman who was still pregnant and I had to teach her stomach. What? Yes, and so... Wait, wait, what? She came in, seven months pregnant, <laughs> and they were like, no, she wants you to just to talk to her stomach. <laughs> so I was sitting there giving instruction. Very specifically. No. She held her tummy and she said, I think he's getting it. And I thought, oh, oh dear God. Just bizarre. Search Abroad in Japan on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your pods. New episodes every Wednesday and Sunday. Hold up. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.